Welcome to Destiny Revival Ministries Sermon of the Week. Thank you for joining us. You can stay up to date through our social media or give from the link in the details. We hope this message blesses you. Wanted to talk about making the vision clear. Many of you were here for the uh, the first message that we did. Make the vision clear, part one. We had make the vision uh, clear, part two. Uh, I'm just going to do this as a part three today. Make the vision clear, part three. Um, but I will tell you something that from the first one, and I came out, I remember like it was yesterday, as I was ministering and making the vision clear on that first Sunday, four weeks, five weeks ago, I really felt, I mean, I was really bold in the spirit and really strong. And I had to say it on several occasions, please, I'm not angry. I just want you to know what you are seeing is the fire and the passion of heaven inside of me speaking these things. All right. And so we've got to be able to tell the truth. One of the big dilemmas in the church right now is that we're unable to speak a lot of truth and say things because we've got to, because guess what? We've created an offended culture. People become offended for next to anything. And that spirit that's out in the world has begun to creep inside of the church so that now the leadership is afraid to speak the truth in case we offend anybody. Now, we don't wake up, I don't wake up certainly at any given point uh, coming to preach because I want to, hey, who can I offend today? I don't wake up trying to offend people. But if the truth offends people, now, the, the, the one thing I will say is that we've got to preach the truth, but we must preach the truth in love. Amen? There's a difference when we're passionate and and we're fiery. As long as the motivation coming out of that sound, inside of that sound, it is coming rooted in the love of God to see people free and not from being angry. Because you can also be an angry preacher. Can you, can, are you with me? You don't wanna, we don't want to go over into the area of anger. But wh- I'm saying all of that to say this is because I am pointing back to that Sunday because I felt a shift in the spirit for this church from that Sunday when we began speaking about making the vision clear. That in the atmosphere... Whatever was hindering us, whatever, and, and, and please don't read and there's nothing in between the lines, there's nothing going on, nothing, none of that sort. It was just, I believe that whatever was hindering some, for, some form of the next level breakthrough for us as a ministry, whatever that was, was broken in the power of the Spirit for this region. And I know that since then, Jesus has been sending people from everywhere. We've signed a three-year contract on this building. Quite frankly, I'm just telling you right now with everything that's going on, including the power of God that's being made manifest right here, I don't know. I mean, how are we even gonna handle everybody? This people, there's probably 10 to 12, 15 people missing here today that are absent from church. And we've only been here since the month of January. So Jesus is building his church. Somebody say, Jesus builds his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. We're not building the church. Jesus is building his church. Why? Because he said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto myself. Amen? 
And we're not on a marketing campaign. We're just here and the Holy Ghost is drawing people. Of course, He's using people to invite people. I get all of that because God uses people. But there is something that has shifted. It's like all of a sudden, whatever veil there was, God is now saying, okay, I'm gonna put the spotlight on you and I'm gonna cause people to come like bees to honey. I'm putting the spotlight on you and I am going to release a sweet aroma over this house, not because of anything. I'm telling you, it's not because of, of anything that we're doing other than the fact that we're just allowing Jesus to be at the centrality of this ministry. We're putting Him at the center of the ministry and that we're also allowing the Holy Spirit to come and touch the lives of people. And when people start sensing the anointing, they come from everywhere. Are you with me? second part of making the vision clear in this subject here as we get into this this morning I'll see as far as I can get with this today uh, um, before I ever get back to it in a little while the point of the matter is is that the, the heart of the church here is to see the saints equipped for the work of the ministry we're not here just to see people warming the pews uh, with their backsides on Sundays, never being used of the Lord. There is room for you in the house. And so the vision is, let's see the destiny and purpose of God that He's put on the inside of you begin to be made manifest. And from that time, as we began to deal on the subject, the Lord began to show me how it's gonna, well, you know, some of what that looks like. And where we're going as a church is uncharted territory. And it's not so much that it's uncharted, it's that, uh, uh, the, the <laughs> it's that when we are uh, driven, instead of being driven by the anointing and driven by faith, many are driven by the spirit of fear. And fear will keep you locking everything up. Fear will cause you to be one that leads with control. And when I say control, I'm talking about leaders that lead with fear. We preach faith on a Sunday morning, but the evidence of what that looks like is the opposite. I mean, we speak about faith, but our actions are declaring fear. It's rooted in fear. Why? Because where we're going, where we're going as a church is being able to raise up people, but also allow them to be used by the Lord so that they can have a voice. And that is New Covenant, New Testament church. Amen? We don't want to raise up the ministry on one man. How many of you realize this? When, when, and of course, you know, God has set men and women to be in authority. God has placed His anointing on, on people that He chooses. Uh, we're all called and we are all chosen by the Lord. Uh, but I'm just saying, God gives each one that He calls with an anointing that He chooses. And yes, God has given godly government and we don't, uh, we honor that. We don't uh, uh, disrespect 
respect that. We enforce that very much so. But the point of the matter is, is that that anointing that, that is here for this house is, is that anointing is there to see God, God uh, raising up people, uh, opening up the platform to, for them to be used by God. And that anointing is there just to make sure that we're taking the train and we're keeping it on the rails of the direction that God wants it to go in. In other words, we're gonna keep the main thing, the main thing. The anointing that God has placed upon my, upon my life is that we stay the course. And many will not venture into this direction because they're afraid to lose control. I'm not afraid to lose control. In fact, we won't lose control. Not that we're in control in the first place. But we won't lose it. We'll stay the course. So how do you wrestle with a vision that is kingdom minded, that is there to raise up people? How do, you see, you see that's, that's what creates the spirit of unity. When people can hear a sound that is uh, coming forth to them, that is speaking to their spirit and they begin to hear a sound that is exhorting them into the destiny of God. How do you have a hard time submitting to that? Huh? So, so yeah, yeah, absolutely. But there is the continued uh, vocalizing of the vision of God all the time. As we continue to vocalize that, people will begin to connect with that and say, hey, the, the heart here is to see me flourishing as a child of God. Now, will people go, I mean, we're not planning for people to get arrogant because that's, we'll that's why we wanna keep the main thing the main thing. Don't get arrogant, stay humble. I might be bold as a lion. I know who I am in the spirit. I have a confidence in God that doesn't come of the flesh. I'm not boasting of myself because I am what I am by His grace and He gets all of the credit and all of the glory. And let us keep that attitude as men and women of God as God begins to raise us up. Because we'll help you get off the third rung of the ladder that you think you're climbing. The kingdom of God is not about climbing the corporate ladder. This is not like that at all. This is about being a servant of God. Serving in the kingdom of God and letting God raise you up to be everything that He's called you to be. Amen? Say this, I am a king. Of, uh, I, uh, and say this for the woman, say, I am a queen. Come on. We're all, well, how do I say that? How, do I, how can we say that? Well, here the Bible says that we're all, the old covenant, there were uh, prophets, priests, and queens. We've all become prophets, priests, and queens, kings and queens. Amen? And by virtue of being a king, you can be a queen too because that's the plurality of the Scripture. When the Bible says kings, you, you, you know, you can apply that to yourself. When the Bible says sons, also understand the plurality of sons is also daughters. That's inclusive of you. Amen? I'll open up my Bible here to First Peter chapter 2, if you can, really quickly. I don't want to take forever here, but uh, 
I figured that if we're doing okay, well, you know, I just want to make sure that we always create the expectation of what to expect at church. So, you know, you can come in on a Sunday morning outside of God coming in and shaking this place, which at that point, nobody will want to leave anyway. Um, I mean, I'm talking about like a seismic, uh, you know, just a major earthquake and tremor of heaven just shakes the place down to the core, spiritually speaking. But, you know, you can, you can uh, pretty much be certain that we're sub- finished somewhere between 12 and 12.15 to 12.30 on Sundays. Amen? Praise God. Uh, it says here, uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1, Therefore laying aside all malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and, every, uh, and, and all evil speaking, as newborn babes desire pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. And so then it continues here in verse 4, Coming to Him as a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious, you also come on as living stone. Say, I am a living stone. We're all being built up uh, as a spiritual house. Are you with me? A holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So we are all living stones being built up as a spiritual house. All of us are living stones in this place. And so one of the things that we've been talking about in the subject of making the vision clear is how we see uh, godly governing, godly governance in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, which I believe uh, much of the church has taken in a secular understanding of godly governance. And, and, and uh, so we, we've taken more of the approach in our church structure of what the corporate setting looks like. The corporate setting, you know, you have the CEO or the CEEEOO, and then that, you know, but it starts at the top and it works its way down. And so that is the secular, really it is a Greek, that is the Greek structure. Most of today's uh, civilization has adopted most of the Greek philosophy of hierarchy and structure for even in the business realm. And so the kingdom of God is the opposite of that. And one of the things that I spoke about was that the foundation is laid upon the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. I didn't say that, the word says that in the book of Corinthians. I'm not making this up, I'm not sucking it out of my thumb. So we're building upon a foundation. Most of you here, um, some of you could be so spiritual, you could be levitating right now, but most of you are sitting on a chair and gravity has put your bottom on your chair right now and is holding you secure in a seating, seated position. Are you with me? And, but gravity is holding you in your chair right now on top of something that you're, we're all sitting on. In fact, the carpet's even on it. It's called the foundation of this building. All right, and the Bible says that that uh, the, the apostles and the prophets come on. They they are the foundation. So, in other words, looks look at the structure, and then Paul says, "Be careful how you build upon it." So, godly governance pertaining to kingdom, it's like a tree. <laughs> All right, the tree has a foundation that it is what rooted in. Amen? And God has called us to be trees of righteousness. Are you with me? 
And so the tree flourishes based on the, the soil and the foundation that it's in. Are you with me? So the life of the tree is not found coming from the top down. In fact, the life of the tree is found from the roots up. So kingdom ministry... The foundation of the church is laid upon that apostolic ministry. Why, why, why is the apostolic ministry on the foundation? Because the apostolic anointing is the one that keeps the main thing the main thing. Is the one that says don't deviate as a body of believers. Why? Because the foundation is that being Jesus, the chief cornerstone, that apostolic ministry is always there supplying you with the centrality of Jesus. In other words, as long as the foundation is set on Jesus Christ and the supply, and come on, just like the earth will yield new nutrients and minerals to, uh, uh, to create a healthy tree, the apostolic anointing through the revelation of Jesus supplies the nutrients and the nutrition of heaven so that we can create a healthy tree, but the foundation is coming from the ground. In other words, the apostolic and prophetic anointing are servant gifts. They lay down their lives so that the kingdom can be built upon it. All right? So they're not at the top coming down, they're at the bottom lying down so that people can come on top of that so that he can be glorified. Are you with me? And I, and I have to say this here because many of you are here for the first time and I'm gonna to continue to say this. When it comes to this regard, when I say servant-based uh, servant ministry, servant-based, we're all servants. Jesus never came to, serve, to, uh, to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. I have to say this one more time. Jesus, was he a servant? Yes, absolutely. But many of us have applied this just like in the flesh. There's many people that are in the flesh even when it comes to serving. Why? Because they don't understand kingdom. Some of you don't know what you're talking about, serving in the flesh. I can tell you right now, it's very simple. We've got to observe. Jesus is the Son of God, and I say this before, Jesus never did anything that the Father didn't do. Whatever He saw His Father do, that He did. He never operated outside of the realm of being completely submitted to the will of the Father. In fact, so much so that Jesus is the express image of the Father. In other words, if you wanna know who the Father is, exactly how, who the Father is, you can look to Jesus because Jesus expressed to us on earth exactly who He was. Perfectly so. In fact, you, in fact, you can say Jesus was the manifest heart of the Father walking on the earth. But he was a son to his father first. So Jesus primarily existed in the place of sonship as a son. So he had a confidence before his father. He was the son of God. And out of the overflow of being a son came son servanthood. Jesus never served to become a son. Jesus served because he was a son. You and I in the kingdom of God, in like manner, we don't serve to become sons as much of a lot of it is invisibly said to the church. We feel like the more that we do, the more we're gonna get close to God and the more we're becoming a good son. 
You know that's the truth. You don't serve to become a son. You serve because you are a son. You serve because you are a daughter. In him, everything has been freely made available to you. You see, we've got to come out of this Christianity that is peddled to us. That's caused us to go into the works of the flesh and not the initiation of the spirit. You see, it's things like this that changes in the minds of people where we begin to take a seat back, fall in love with Jesus again so that we can respond to him with our lives as sons, as servants, but understanding primarily, I am a son of God. I am a daughter of God. Thank you, Jesus, for what I've done. And now the response manifests from a life that is not driven to earn and deserve, but knows that richly all things have been given to them in Christ. This is not another gospel. This is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. and have your ears wide open today, wide open to them that have ears, let them hear what the Spirit is saying. Is man being glorified through what you are hearing today or is Jesus at the center of what you are hearing? And by the answer to that question, you know what you are hearing today. We are living stones being built up a spiritual house, receiving sustenance as we are being built up upon it. And we will discover when we start to look at the spirit of witchcraft operating in the church, how clear it is what I am talking to you about. Says, Therefore I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect and precious. Come on, he is the chief cornerstone. And we who believe in him will by no means be put to shame. Therefore, to you who believe, he is precious. But to those who are disobedient, he's become the chief cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offence. They stumble being disobedient to the word which they were also appointed to. But you are a chosen. Come on, somebody say this with me. I am a chosen generation a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Come on, so you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation by His own special people that you may proclaim the praises of Him, Jesus, who called you out of darkness into His marvellous light, that you might proclaim Him who has taken you out of darkness. He is the chief cornerstone that you might proclaim Him who's taken you out of darkness. There was nothing you could do to deliver yourself out of that darkness. It was Him that came and divinely by His power resurrected you out of a place that you had no power to enter into. And that is the one who He has given you the power to declare and decree. And as we do that, the power of God is able to flow. Come on, in a region, in your family, in your work, place in your businesses. Glory, yes, glory, glory. Yes, 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 yes. 
We must know and agree with what God says we are. That's our identity. This is a declaration of who you are. When I look at you, I'm not looking at your head. I'm looking at your spirit. And when I talk to you, I don't look at you in the natural and see any shortcomings. Come on. And in fact, the Bible says in Corinthians, no, no man after the flesh. In other words, he says, know them after who he has made you to be. Some people get a little startled while I might, pro- I might prophesy over somebody and they think, do you even know that person and what a mess they are? Yes, they might look like a mess right now, but prophetic decree begins to release what God sees about them into the realm of the natural so that faith can come and they can connect with how God sees them to take them out of the mess and the pit that they're in. Whose report will you believe? Royal priesthood. That means we have, we are royal, we are royalty. Come on, we're not exalting ourselves in the flesh here. No, no, no. We have been made children and heirs of the kingdom of God. So we have access. The book of Hebrews says that we can boldly come before the throne room of grace to receive help in time of need. Amen? We are royal, kingly. We're regal. I'm just trying to tell you what the word kings there means. A royal priesthood. That, that, that what God has called us. And, and, and king's kids don't beg. I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his children begging for bread. And so that is what is being raised up in this house. A people who will hear the sound of the kingdom of God being decreed, declared, and hear it, and then will go, man, that is who I am. Not because of what I'm telling you, but because of what the word says about you. So you can shift on over into the land of decreeing, legislating, and making commands under the authority of the name of Jesus, the Christ. Come on. You know, we, we, we do certain things in the kingdom of God, but there's a certain element of, you know, Lord, we'll pray, and, and uh, you know, it's kind of like we're halfway faithed. <laughs> uh, so, guess what? I'm just trying to tell you that the boldness that the Lord has, the Lord has begun putting a supernatural boldness on me. Amen. That there is no intimidation in it. There is no fear in it. As I speak about it, I feel it. 
that as I sit in this and I operate in the place of being, I am, some of you are going to freak out by me saying what I am saying right now, I am in him. In him I live and move and have my being. I am in a state of glory that has been afforded to me by him. I am because he is. And we become afraid to operate in the I am because we're afraid people are going to think, I'm arrogant. There's a difference between arrogance and false humility. There's a difference between arrogance and being confident in who you are. I know when I walk, the presence of God goes where I go. That when I speak and decree, things are taking place. And that same anointing that, that God has placed upon me comes on you in the name of Jesus. I lose it right now. In Jesus' name. just tell you right now we're living in that time right now we're living in that time right now where you're not going to mess around with the things of God and I'm not trying to put fear on anybody that's not what I'm saying but if you have if there's agendas that you carry let me just tell you right now you are going to get yourself into more trouble than you can shake a stick at because you're not going to mess with the Lord Jesus's church Amen? So whatever's going on out there in that atmosphere, we're not subject to it. And so we need to carry that understanding that, that the same thing that's out there, whatever's out there lurking, you are, come on, you have the greater dominion, you have the greater power, you are not subject to it, it is subject to you. Is the enemy stronger or is God stronger? So then why do we engage on a level like the devil's stronger than the authority that's on the inside of you? Come on. Now don't tell me I'm lying. You know it's the truth. I 
And you know, I'm not sitting here as one. That, and you heard me talking about these demonic spirits. Let me just tell you right now, they, they are there, but you have the power over them. We're getting there. I'm almost done here. But eight more minutes before I feel like I've overstepped my boundaries. Kings decree, legislate, and make commands. Come on, we said that. You are God as a king, as a royal priest in the house of God. As we're making the vision clear to tell you what's available to you, it's time that you shift on over into a new revelation understanding and begin to posture yourself and begin to take the words out of your mouth and begin to decree, legislate, and command. Legislate the things that need to be legislated. Decree the things that need to be decreed and command that which needs to be commanded by the authority of the one who is on the inside of you. Come on now. And we, as we operate as kings under the lordship of the one in Revelation chapter 9, verse 16, that says that he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Hallelujah. Come on, I don't know about you, but I'm sure glad I came to church today. I'm so glad that I because I mean, I come and I come prepared, but I assure you 90% of what I'm saying is not even, it's just the flow. There is the spirit of revelation that is flowing. God is, come on, the veil that has been holding back the minds of people is being pulled right off of people and God is speaking. And the only reason God speaks in the way that he's speaking right now is because there is a hunger in the spirit for it. Otherwise, I would not, I would actually not be even able to operate the way I'm operating right now if it were not so. What are you talking about? Jesus could do no mighty work in Nazareth. Jesus, did you hear what I, Jesus, the son of God, could, was, was hindered from operating because of doubt and unbelief. Because of religious mindset. Well, isn't he just the carpenter's son? Come on, it's true. And so I'm saying by virtue of that truth, there is a hunger in here and that has been released. I'm telling you, I know it. I sensed it in the spirit and I can see it happening in front of my eyes. I see a time where we're looking for a baptismal trough because I'm telling you right now, I might just go ahead and do this series of returning to your first love just like I've been doing in other churches and the power of God has been moving as I minister along these lines that people are coming in and, and we're gonna, but I see a time where the, the baptismal pools, I see, I see it in the spirit, I see people running to the baptismal, diving in under the power of God. We're going to have to make sure everything's really waterproofed. 
In fact, I don't even see it in this room. I see it in a, in a much larger room. I'm telling you, I want to tell you we have shifted into something that happened in the past or something that we're believing God to happen somewhere in the future. And God says to us today as a body of believers, we have shifted into kingdom right now. In fact, we have shifted over into we are a move of God right now. For those of you watching online, you are a move of God right now. And I prophesy and I declare that there are people, I don't know when you're going to be watching this, but there's people that are going to be moving from all over the United States to come right here to Lafayette, Louisiana to see and be a part of what God is going to do. Because if, if the religious deadheads of this area are not going to jump on board, God's going to send them from everywhere else to come and get the job done. Sorry, I just said it. Yeah, we're not limited to what's in Lafayette. God will send people from everywhere. See, because that spirit, that spirit will try to get you to conform, to play games. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Listen, don't cast your pearl before swine. Can I just encourage you this morning? What, what, uh, don't cast your pearl. Some of you are so excited. There is something that has been unveiled in the Spirit right now. They cannot handle what the Spirit of God is starting to put on the inside of you right now. Don't cast your vision. Don't cast your 16 by 20 dream that God is awakening on the inside of you to people with a three by four mind. Do you understand me? They don't get it. They're cut from a completely different cloth. And that goes for everybody in this room. What the Spirit of God, don't let them, don't let them trample on your pearls. They don't understand it. And you're not all the way equipped to be able to deliver it just yet. Are you with me? It's like, you know, you get all excited about something and then you go and tell somebody and they're just like Debbie Downer. You know what I mean? They just come and take you all the way down and you can't re do a rebuttal because you're just, you can't express all the excitement. You don't know how to articulate it to where you have a full, uh, you know, just a full authority in that realm. So just, whoosh, word of wisdom. Thank you, Jesus. Well, we've got uh, probably about 60 seconds left. Hallelujah. For that lady over there, y'all, are y'all together? Yeah, okay. Uh, now, please forgive me. Your faces look familiar. But for whatever reason, it doesn't matter. I mean, I'm just trying to say if I have seen you and whatever. Uh, but I just really feel like for you, is this your daughter? Okay. All right, just making sure. I didn't want to. Anyway, I just see like, and I've said this to some people and God has me, you know, there's some words, but that word can mean something different for everybody. But I see a, uh, 
God's visiting you with a tornado, a good tornado. All right? So in the tornado, everything comes, but what's going to be left is what God is, you're going to be left with everything that God, in a good way, everything, this is a blessed, this is a very, very uh, uh, encouraging, exhortational word. Because whatever uh, needs to go through that world word and come out, everything that remains is going to be, God. in other words, God's saying He's going to come and He's going to deal in your circumstances like a tornado. He's going to deal, He's going to leave everything intact, He's going to add to it, but whatever is of the enemy is going to be flung. In other words, God says He is working working on your behalf in a supernatural way and it shall be like a tornado that is coming to you in every part of your life. Hallelujah. I see the hand of the Lord upon you. I see a spiritual hunger and I see a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. And I see, uh, as I'm talking to you right now, I see you next to a stream and you're just saying, God, I want to drink of the stream and uh, that spiritually speaking is telling me your spiritual posture that you are wanting to drink from what is pure and what is righteous and what is holy and God says in the middle of all of that as you continue daughter I am going to bring the I'm going to work out all things in other words he's furnishing a table for you in the midst of your enemies amen praise God hallelujah Hallelujah. Can we give Jesus a shout of praise here this morning? It's 12.31. Please don't hold it against me. I just want to go ahead and say this. Is everybody saved in here? If you're saved, put up both of your hands today. All right, that's all of you. Praise God, just checking, just checking, because if you're not, we're going to get you saved. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, okay, the last thing we're going to do is just remind you, and for those of you watching by way of live stream before we end, thank you for joining with us today. I want to also tell you, go to www.destinyrevivalministries.com. Click on the Give Now. If the Lord leads you, teach your mouse to give. Click on the Give button, and you can give safely and securely. For those of you that do want to give here, you are welcome. Uh, there are envelopes at the, on the right, my right, your left. Grab an envelope. If you are writing out checks, please make them out to DRM or Destiny Revival Ministries, whichever helps you write it out faster. Personally, I'd just go with DRM and, um, and then you can put your money in the offering basket. And that's it. Thank you very much. We love you. Thank you for coming today. God bless you. One more time on the count of three. Let's give Jesus a shout of praise. One, two, three. Hallelujah.